Michelangelo said, the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. Over 30 years of research, practice, and implementations of leadership practices in hundreds of organizations has led us to learn some vital lessons. In today's episode, we're sharing five important insights on how extraordinary leaders are made. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today are both of my colleagues, esteemed colleagues and leadership experts, Jack Zenger and Joe Folkman. Nice to be with you, Bree. Yes, it's great to be together with Jack and you both. This is fun to have all three of us this time, and for a very good reason, we're finally going to talk about and reveal all of our most valuable secrets at Zanger Folkman. <laughs> so today we are talking about extraordinary leaders. To keep it brief, we're just going to explore five important insights that can assist Every leader, regardless of where you are in the world, where you're working at home, that you can do to improve and for many to become truly extraordinary. The decision a leader makes regarding their leadership behavior has profound impact on their career, the performance of those reporting to them, and on the performance of the organization they work for. But the great majority of leaders began their career with the target of being, let's say, a, a good accountant or an engineer or a marketer or an analyst. You know, very few had their sights set on being an extraordinary leader. Well, many are promoted into leadership because of their success as an individual contributor, as that accountant or that sales representative. In every study we've conducted in which we measured any dimension of organizational effectiveness, there's been a strong correlation between that measure and the leader's effectiveness. Yes, and the first uh, insight we'll share is that effective leaders orchestrate their own development. Organizations cannot do it. Gurus do not make it happen. Individuals must do it for themselves. Just as no one can export to their friend or colleague their excellent physical fitness. Oh, yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, organizations can provide leadership development resources that help, such as accurate and constructive information about their current behavior and the impact it's having on their subordinates and peers. They can also provide a framework for development paths to follow. But effective leadership is about continually improving behavior and mindsets. They must be developed from within. I think it's an important thing to remember there is no reason to accept mediocrity in leadership any more than in software programming, customer service, or selling. We often fail to appreciate what significant difference there is between ordinary and extraordinary leadership. Absolutely, Joe. In one study that examined the relationship between leadership effectiveness and desirable outcomes, we analyzed data from hundreds of different companies and over 100,000 leaders. We found that there's a dramatic difference in the results produced by poor leaders versus extraordinary leaders. That poor leaders profoundly diminish the performance of groups that they attempt to lead and that leaders who were at the 90th percentile and above 
have a stunning impact on various measures of performance. We also have solid evidence that nearly all leaders can get better. Some will become extraordinary. That only happens when they put their minds to it and take charge of their own development process. Number two is focusing on developing strengths has the highest payoff for the greatest number of leaders. When a leader decides to take charge of their own development, whether consciously or unconsciously, they often revert to the philosophy that their effectiveness is most influenced by the areas of poor performance. Our research shows that only a minority of leaders, about 28%, have some trait or behavior that is significantly detracting from their performance. The good news is that in most cases, it can be fixed. That means that for 72% of leaders, magnifying their strengths is the optimum approach to becoming extraordinary. And that's quite the majority right there. I mean, 72%, the rest of everyone, that's the best road to follow. Yeah, and now I think it's also important for us to clearly define for our listeners, what is a strength? We've heard different answers to this question, including that a strength is something that makes you stronger. We define a strength as something people do really well. It can be used in a wide variety of situations and possesses an enduring effect. Strengths are sometimes the outcome of some natural ability, or they are a result of intensive practice and effort. In our research studies on leadership, we define an outstanding strength as a skill at the 90th percentile. <laughs> so we named the podcast that, right? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, we found that leaders who possess no such strengths were at the 34th percentile. Why were they ranked so low? Well, because they lacked any visible quality or skill or ability. They didn't stand out on anything. While they were not totally ineffective at anything, they were also not terribly effective at anything. What is impressive is that if a leader were to build one strength, it would move them from an average of the 34th percentile to the 64th percentile. Leaders with just three strengths were ranked at the 81st percentile. <laughs> Imagine that. Doing three things really well puts you in the top 20% of all leaders we have assessed. Development is far more successful when leaders focus primarily on strengths rather than being concerned about repairing weaknesses. And it really just gives you so much hope, like three things. I can do three things well. I can't do like 20 things well, but I, three is possible. This emphasis on building your strengths is a lifestyle that is focused on the existing potential of every leader rather than picking apart their inconsequential minor flaws. Yes, by using their strengths, leaders produce better results as measured by any metric you might apply. Productivity, customer satisfaction, retention, employee engagement. In a nutshell, better leadership produces better results. The third insight is extraordinary leaders focus on building differentiating behaviors. Now there is an enormous amount of money that has been spent mostly by large corporations to define the competencies that are most important for their organization. And the implication of these lists have often been that a large group of leadership behaviors were of equal performance and that the wise manager would devote time to being good at all of them. 
In the article you wrote, you mentioned that one competency model you reviewed included over 170 elements. Is that true? That is true. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so many. I mean, that would be overwhelming. But apparently, that is not completely unique. I mean, you mentioned that many organizations have dozens of competencies and new sets for each level within the hierarchy of their organization. And our research at Zanger Folkman, on the contrary, suggests that some competencies tower above others. And the great majority of these leadership behaviors are highly consistent between organizations. So the point of all this is that if people seek to be perceived as great, extraordinary leaders, it behooves them to know which leadership behaviors really make the difference in their organizations. Yes, and we've learned that there are three distinct forces that converge to help the leaders select which of these differentiating leadership behaviors to develop. The first is their capabilities and competence. The second one is what the organization needs them to do, given their current position. And the third is, what are their passions and preferences? For which of these does the leader really have energy? One leader might have a pattern of strengths that combines technical expertise with strategic thinking and problem-solving skills. Another leader might have a combination of strong communication skills, collaboration, and teamwork, along with a, a willingness to take risks. The combinations of these 19 leadership behaviors creates numerous pathways. Now, our research on differentiating behaviors identified 19 competencies that separated the top 10% of all leaders from average and poor leaders. So the good news here is that it doesn't require 170 different things to be an extraordinary leader. 19 seems pretty doable. These are the leadership behaviors on which most leaders should focus their development. And varying combination of these are the DNA of effective leadership. So the number four insight was multiple pathways provide a way for the greatest number of leaders to make progress. The pathway for some development is obvious. Improving technical competence usually requires classes, studying books and articles, or being taught by an expert. We label these heads-on, obvious pathways, linear development. There's another approach pioneered in the world of athletics known as cross-training. The athlete who aspires to be a great tennis player engages in weightlifting or long-distance running. These cross-training activities have been shown to substantially develop the desired aerobic capacity, coordination, and muscle strength to help become a star tennis player. Another amusing example is the football coach who got the linemen to take ballet lessons to improve their footwork. Oh, did you ever do that for football back in the day? Uh, well, I probably should have, but um, I just started to hit people harder. Now, these side door approaches to building skill, they have been shown to be highly correlated even though the link may not be totally obvious at first. Our research discovered that for each differentiating leadership behavior we identified, there were a number of other behaviors that were statistically significantly correlated with that leadership behavior, suggesting that if a person became more proficient in that companion behavior, that would serve as a strength builder. And I know on the podcast we've talked about 
those correlated behaviors a lot. And I'd like to point out that you used to always refer to these behaviors as the statistically correlated companion competencies, but that was such a mouthful that I told you to change it for those of us who like to speak simple English and just call them strength builders, because that is exactly what they do. These behaviors build your strengths. Well, we listen to your advice, Bree. <laughs> so now these, quote, strength builder behaviors provide an even more extensive series of options for development. These are behaviors that always rise and fall with another competency. The strength builders provide interesting ways to become better at every skill. Yes, and the final insight is that becoming an extraordinary leader requires new behavior. This means creating new habits and mindsets. Seldom does a new insight or one new management technique make a major dent in a leader's performance. Observable change happens over time as new behavior is adopted. Leadership programs have traditionally been an event. In participants' minds when the event was over, leadership development was over for the year. Absent any formal leadership development program, a relatively small fraction, maybe 10% of leaders, had a personal development plan to which they gave any kind of regular attention. Unfortunately, most leaders are not doing anything to follow up on their development. Leadership is not gained in a one-day program, but rather it's gained in a process that lasts a participant's career and that can be incorporated into their lifestyle. These new behaviors are built by ongoing development experiences, buddy systems, support groups, coaching, mentorships, reminders, and follow-up 360s that measure their progress. When these practices are intentionally and consistently integrated into their daily lives and normal workflow, then those new behaviors can be built. So we've covered a lot of really significant research and approaches that leaders can use to develop. So let's just recap. The first insight was effective leaders orchestrate their own development. The second was focusing on developing strengths has the highest payoff for the greatest number of leaders. The third is extraordinary leaders focus on building differentiating behaviors. The fourth was multiple pathways provide a way for the greatest number of leaders to make the most progress. And the fifth was becoming an extraordinary leader requires new behavior. Now, if you would like the leadership study we have written on these five insights, I will include the link for you to download it in the episode notes. And if you want to get a taste of our extraordinary leader development experience, we will actually be hosting a 30-minute preview later this month that you can register for as well. Now, most organizations as a whole and the people within them have untapped potential. And I think what you said at the beginning of this episode, Jack, that you know, we need to consider ourselves not just as a lawyer or accountant or digital marketer, but what we are doing to be an extraordinary leader as well. Yes, and we acknowledge that much of leadership development happens casually and informally as people work. But we are not at all dissuaded from believing that these intense bursts of structured development can have a powerful effect in beginning a new mindset and starting new skills. 
Like Jack mentioned, we chose the word extraordinary to describe the best leaders, leaders who don't settle for mediocre performance, leaders who are driven to achieve exceptional results, leaders who don't do it alone, but know how to connect and care for and inspire their team members. They're not perfect. They have weaknesses, but they become extraordinary in the ways they utilize their own strengths and build up the strengths in others. This is how the truly extraordinary lead. The 90th Percentile on Unconventional Leadership podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.